think it's pretty common and very easy to go into marriage thinking this is going to be blissful, this is going to be wonderful, it's perfect, and then reality sets in by day seven, eight, nine, or sooner, maybe a little bit later, you find yourself disappointed, and then you have to choose, what am I going to do about that? I'm John Fuller, along with Greg Smalley and his wife, Erin. They lead the Focus Marriage Team, and Erin, you talk to a lot of engaged couples. What are some of the common expectations that trip uh, couples up that you see? Mm -hmm. I would say one of the most common ones, John, is marriage is easy when you find the one. And of course, they believe that they have found the one, and thus it's going to be easy beyond the, the wedding day. And it's, it's so interesting because I will often challenge that. And even when you find that great fit for you, there's going to be challenges. You know, you think about in Scripture, it says those who marry will face many trials and, and troubles. And so we all go through those seasons. And so it, there's not like some magical formula as far as, well, I found the one and thus it's going to be bliss. Mm. Yeah, the, the movies kind of misportray this, don't mm -hmm. they? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, let's go ahead and hear now from Dr. Julie Slattery, who uh, is an expert on marriage. She's written a book for wives to uh, better encourage your husband, and she addresses what to do when your expectations aren't met in marriage. Here's Julie talking with Jim Daly. When you look at the original book, Finding the Hero in Your Husband, which was written over 20 years ago now, yeah. which I've, it's amazing, isn't it amazing it is. how time flies? Yes. Um, it's probably more desperately needed today than it was then. That's probably true. Yeah. What uh, have you seen in the last 20 years? Whew, uh, a lot of change, certainly a lot of change in our culture with uh, technology and the smartphone and the challenges of that with pornography and just being distracted, not knowing how to build intimacy, confusion around sexual issues, what is intimacy, what is healthy sexuality. And then I think also we've seen a lot of change just in the empowerment of women. And that's been a very, very good thing uh, in many spheres but I think it's also made intimacy and marriage more confusing. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. As women are getting a voice and getting stronger, I think a lot of times we're seeing men kind of get in the shadows now. Of right, we pull where, back. Yeah, where's our voice? And so that pendulum has kind of swung, I'd say, over the last 20 years of the typical marriage. Yeah. In the setup, we talked about those women who are feeling disillusionment or mm -hmm. maybe they married the wrong person, et cetera. Uh, let's go right there so that we can answer that question. When those feelings of bliss uh, fade, um, what's going on there and what do women need to keep their eye on to ensure they don't lose the flame. Mm. You know, I think almost every woman who is married or has been married will identify with those first few years of just, man, this is harder than I thought it would be, and it's not getting better. I'm starting to feel hopeless. I think probably 20 years ago when I wrote the first version of this book, most couples would stay with it uh, and try to work things out for a decade or so before giving up. But now we're seeing even in Christian marriages, uh, mm. people just give up pretty quickly when they hit that wall. Do you think in part the, the institution of marriage not being what it was at one time, you know, the kind of the stick to with it, this is what it's like, you need to work through the ups and downs. Everybody, I think, is expecting it to just go from a high to a high to a yeah. high, mm. and that's not real. Yeah, you know, I think one distinction that we've really lost is thinking of marriage as a covenant. We don't use that word covenant very often in our world today. 
Um, but most people are viewing marriage as a contract now, where it's like, hey, if, as long as you're meeting my needs right. and we're getting along well and this seems to be good for us, then we'll stay with it. We'll go to counseling. We'll work through the issues. But when we hit that time where it's like, man, maybe there's just somebody better out there for me. And we just are not compatible. I'm not feeling happy. I'm not feeling fulfilled. I think our culture is really sending the message that it might not be worth it investing right. in a long-term relationship. Well, I think some of that head talk that a person has too, you get into self-justification, mm -hmm. right? Because I'm not feeling, you know, warmth toward this spouse, toward yeah. my spouse, you know, you start conjuring up reasons why eh, maybe this just won't work and that's dangerous it is in fact you speak in the book to uh, women to encourage them to respond with that kind of disappointment by choosing to believe in their husband okay that's like a 180 right i'm not <laughs> yeah. feeling close to him he's really disappointing me and then you say turn toward him and move toward him yeah and that, you can't <laughs> do that uh, easily Mm -hmm. So how does a woman do that? How does she be so frustrated with him? And then you're telling me to turn toward him? Julie, you don't know my husband. Yeah, I don't know your husband. Uh, yeah, so I think part of it is recognizing that disappointment is part of building intimacy. And I think most women, when they experience that barrier to intimacy, like they feel like they can't connect. They feel like, wow, we're really going backwards. This isn't going to work. But actually to build an intimate relationship you have to get through the disappointment because otherwise you're just loving each other based on sort of a selfishness of what you're doing for me but when you get disappointed when it actually costs you something to love and to reach towards that other person is when you start putting true bricks in the wall huh. of intimacy and i know that both of you have experienced that you've we've all three been married for several decades now and and you can probably look back on those oh, early yeah circumstance like if you would have given up then you wouldn't have pushed towards what is it really to understand my spouse and what does it mean to be vulnerable enough for my husband or wife to really understand me i was going to relate this to just the christian walk you know because mm -hmm. the right question for us as christians particularly is to say god what do you have for us in this what do you want from me in this marriage that seems desperate. Mm -hmm. And what's so interesting in what you're saying, just like in our lives where we have mountaintops and we have valleys, right? Yeah. And how much we learn in the valleys mm -hmm. about who we are, our own character. It, I think God is blessed when we're in a valley actually, because yeah. we're finding out who we are and for Christians who we are in him. Mm -hmm. Can we feel joyful in the valley when our circumstances are not dictating that joy? And I think in that marriage application, can we trust God in the valley for mm. our marriage? And that's hard. It is hard. Yeah. One way I like to think of it is you really don't know if you love your spouse until you don't feel in love anymore. Mm -hmm. yeah. Because now you have a choice. Will I move towards him in love? Will I invest in this marriage? You also don't, as you're saying, Jim, you don't really know you have faith until you don't feel anymore. Mm. Because faith is walking towards something that you believe to be true even when it doesn't feel true. Boy, and how applicable that is for our marriages today. Mm -hmm. I mean, not just our relationship in Christ, but for our spouse. Well, Aaron, like Julie uh, has been discussing in that clip, I wonder how you've seen that working through disappointment can actually build intimacy in your own marriage. Mm -hmm. It's all in how you view it. Because so often when we even hear the word 
um, conflict, you know, we want to shy away from it. And so disappointments often lead to conflict Mm -hmm. because there's hurt and there's pain and maybe some disconnection. But if we view it through the eyes of James 1-2, consider trials as an opportunity, that there is an opportunity here for us to learn and to grow. We learn about ourselves individually as well as we learn, is there something that needs to be adjusted within the relationship? And so if we put the lens on of when these opportunities come, we can view it as an opportunity to repair whatever's going on. And so when we repair a conflict, you know, it's just looking at, um, we have the opportunity to step into what Greg and I call love talk, L-U-V-E, which is to listen, to understand, to validate, and to empathize. Ooh, that's good. Can I write that down? Can we put that online? Do you have that somewhere? Uh, yes, we <laughs> yes. do. Yes. All right, we'll link over to that in the show notes. And love I, talk. I yeah, love that. Yeah, what I love about it is it gives you, like, it's easy to remember that amidst engaging. Like, yeah. okay, first, I'm going to really listen to what my spouse is saying, because often we want to start with defending our stance. But then I really got to understand it. And so I can be curious and use phrases like, help me understand what you meant when you said you know, whatever. Um, But then I can validate my spouse, even when I don't see it the same way. It's a gift I can give them of just, hey, that makes sense that you see it like that or you feel like that. And I care that that's Mm -hmm. how you feel. There's something so powerful about validation. But then empathy is stepping into their shoes. And what would it be like if it were me? Or how did I influence how they're feeling? And letting the Holy Spirit just lead you to a place of compassion for what they're experiencing. Yeah. And this was so good for me because, you know, I I would always hear the term conflict resolution, thinking that was the goal to resolve, to solve, to fix, to find some sort of solution. So that really guided how I showed up. So when Aaron would want to repair or talk about something that had been going on in our marriage, I, I was just trying to fix it, and and it you know it frustrated Aaron. It seemed like it would only make the problem worse, and so over time, probably didn't even want to engage in those kind of discussions, which only made things worse. Mm-hmm. Versus now, I I love the word repair over, mm. you know, resolution, yes. because repair implies that something happened. Let's go back and let's seek to really understand. Go through the love talk mm. steps, as Aaron said. And there may not be a solution at the end. Maybe we'll need one, but but it, it really keeps it grounded for me that my job here is to care, just to really understand what was going on for Aaron, to care about that. And that that's what ultimately repairs those moments. Mm-hmm. And so we even we'll, we'll say to each other now, hey, that was a that was kind of a weird conversation. Is there anything that we need to repair? Well, actually, Last night, we were driving back from the airport. I was thinking, why is this? a perfect time after we taught a marriage seminar and traveled to the other side of the country and back. No disappointment at all in this. Well, we we started talking about a really sensitive issue around some extended family relationships. And the conversation started going sideways in a way that it's felt unsafe probably for years it's one of those topics for Aaron and I, eh, man, this didn't really go that well. But in the midst of it, we said, let's repair this. Like, l- hold on. Let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's love talk. Yeah. And we actually did that. And, mm-hmm. and we had a great conversation. I even 
was at my desk today here in the morning at Focus and got a text from my wife, from Aaron, saying, you know, thank you for last night. I really appreciated that we were able to to just have that sort of conversation that felt really safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and this is a topic that we have not had <laughs> success around, or at and least I'm a lot of success. I'm so thankful I was able to show up so well and influence that conversation. Yeah. <laughs> mm. And I'm laughing because really it was both of us that showed up differently. Mm-hmm. And it was just so satisfying when we reached just that place of really being able to hear each other. Well, deeper connection is what we're seeking for you in your marriage. And uh, you've heard from the heart of Greg and Aaron about disappointment and conflict and the realities that tend to pull us apart. Uh, There is a way to lean in to have that love talk. And again, we're going to post L-U-V-E, love, online. We also have a free marriage assessment that you can take that will give you uh, shared talking points about where you're at in the marriage. This takes just a few minutes to complete, and uh, it's going to be so helpful for you to understand how each of you is showing up in the marriage. Uh, So follow the link in the episode notes for that free marriage assessment. And then for kind of a deeper dive, uh, we recommend Julie Slattery's book, Finding the Hero in Your Husband. As you can tell, she's got all sorts of nuggets of gold about fine-tuning some of your responses and your perspectives on your husband and to him. And so we'd encourage you to get a copy of Finding the Hero in Your Husband. We're making that available today for a donation to the Ministry of Focus on the Family of any amount. Make an ongoing uh, monthly pledge or a one-time gift, regardless of the amount. Um, We'll send the book to you as our thank you for being a part of the support team and making podcasts like this possible. Uh, All the details are in the show notes or give us a call. You'll hear more from Julie Slattery next time. And for now, on behalf of Greg and Aaron Smalley and the entire team, I'm John Fuller, and thanks for listening to the Focus on the Family Marriage Podcast.